Hallelujah. Just as we start, it's, uh, I've struggled. I know what God wants me to say, but I've struggled to even um, to put it together. So we'll just pray before we start. Lord, just pray that your word goes forth with clarity. We pray, Lord God, your Holy Spirit and takes it and places it in our heart. Lord, we just have full confidence that you achieve well beyond our abilities. Lord, you can bring your word and bring peace and bring life to people's hearts. No matter how it's shared, we thank you for that, Lord. It's a privilege, Lord, to share your word, and we thank you for that. Privilege to come under it and with it. Amen. And so we've been, as Peter said, we've been talking about Colossians. We've been going through Colossians, and we've been speaking about the theme that runs through it, complete. And in the first chapter, and the first, not chapter, verse, uh, chapter, chapter, but I'm talking today about how how to enter in and enjoy a life of completeness in Christ. How do we do that? You see, in the f- chapter 1 and 2, if you have the next slide, please, Paul was speaking to the Colossians and he was saying, this man Jesus, this man Jesus, whom people were still alive and testifying about, they think, listen, he was, he was complete because... It pleased the Father that all the fullness of God dwelt in him. So in fact, he wasn't just a man, he was God himself. I mean, that's a huge revelation to write to people and tell. Well, they already knew that, but he was confirming it to them. That he was God himself. And that he was the God who created everything. And that further than that, that through his death, he presented us to God the Father... In all our filthiness, he presented us as unblameable, as fully, no, no wrath of God could come upon us. And I just have a picture of God, Jesus standing there with me, and I was when I came to Christ, and I still am in my old flesh, and I'll come to that, but filthy. It says that the Our righteousness is as filthy rags, and yet he presents us and says, listen, we are white as snow. And that's what he did for us. And so he's complete. Because of his completeness, that completeness comes to us. And then Peter shared, and I don't know if you remember the pots that he had up here, but he talked about because we are in Christ, our roots can go down. And he had a plant and a pot and the roots going down and not to shift around but to let our roots go down into Christ we can become rooted in him as it were as a plant gets rooted in its place and a strong plant can't be pulled out Paul was speaking to them about being the same he says be rooted in Christ get your roots right down and you're strong in him And then he went on to say last week, and this is the last bit before we come to Colossians 3, how because of that, Christ is so complete, we do not need any further rules. There's no rules of to do or don't that achieves our completeness or Christ's what he's done for us. Circumcision, it's all gone. We're circumcised in the heart. We don't have to worry about what we eat or what we touch not for our salvation and not for our completeness. 
because it's all in Christ. And then we come to chapter 3. And I'm just going to read the scriptures first. And I'll talk about them as we go through it. Since you have been raised to new life in Christ. And so now he's speaking about the new life. And our new life versus our old life. You see, in our old life, we were under the dominion of sin. Sin ruled and reigned over us in our old life. And if you're unsaved today, he rules and re- sin rules and reigns over you today. You're under the dominion of sin. And when we were in our old life, we were under the dominion of sin. That was my life. And that was my old life. But he said, Christ came, we've been raised to new life in Christ. And the new life is that I'm no longer under the dominion of sin. I'm now under the dominion of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm in his kingdom. And that's my new life. And my old life has no hold on me. No hold on me at all. I am, it's gone. In fact, the Bible talks about it, and it will go on further here, I think, talks about it being dead. And I'm now alive. It no longer has any hold on me at all. I can reckon myself dead to that life. I am alive in this new life in Christ. And because of that, Paul then says, set your sights on the realities of heaven. See, in the old life under the dominion of sin, world was the only place I could go to. My flesh and the world was my life. I had no part in heaven. But in the new life, I am heaven. And that which is the world should grow dim. And in fact, my eyes should not be on it, but should be on the reality of heaven. And set your affection, he says. And it might be, in another, might set your mind, or it might say, think about. But I love that word affection. So I put it up here, affection. Set your affection of the things of heaven. You see, the difference between thinking about something and having affection towards it, best thing I can, easiest way to say this is that, imagine you're a dad, and your 17 year old son comes home to you and says, ah, oh, I've been thinking about a girl at, at work. Well, okay, son, think about something else, but it's no big deal in a sense. But if he comes home to you and says, oh, I've set my affection on a girl at work, oh, that's different. Hey, come here, son, let's have a talk about this. You see, affection is so much more. Think about something. Oh, that's okay, I can think about it, discard it. No, 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 he says, set your affections on the things above, not on the things of earth. Oh, to be minded towards it. To have our minds, that's what our minds and our bodies and our, 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 our heart is towards the things above. Not on the things of earth. You see, it's a, it's, it's, I'm laboring this point, but it's a matter, right at the beginning of this, it's a matter of our heart. 
All things become in Christ a matter of our heart. See, it's not what we do. Before I said, when Peter shared, and, and, and Paul was speaking to the Colossians in chapter 2, he said, listen, it's not what you do. It's not what you touch. It's not what you do. But, you know, we, there are things we're not to do, and I'll come to those. But they're not to do not because they take away from the completeness of Christ. We don't do them because Christ is nothing of Christ. They're things of the world that he says come away from, and we go to those things of Christ. So it's not a matter of what I do. It's where my heart is at. It's where my heart is at that counts. Our heart is precious to God. He says, all the treasures of life come out of our heart. He says, where your treasures are, your heart will be also. You see? And so where our heart is, is where our treasures are. I know the Bible says it's the other way around, where your treasure is, your heart is. But it doesn't mean one leads the other. And so he says, set your affections on things above, not on the things of the earth. And if our heart is not on those things above, we struggle. We struggle on the things of the earth. And we'll come, it's coming to that now. We'll, turn, we'll read Colossians 3, 5 to 10. So put to death the sinful earthly things living within your flesh. I added in there with brackets, that's our old man. You see, Christ took me from dominion, out of the dominion of sin, and put me under his dominion. And God has conquered sin and death, but sin and death have not been done away with. We only have to look around. Sin and death rules in this world. Not doesn't rule in this world, but it is in this world. Christ rules. In our bodies, sin still remains. It lurks. And it will pop its head up many, many times. And I only have to look at all of you. Have you been tempted? Yes, it comes from sin. It comes from sin in my fleshly body will rise up. And so he says to us, see, there's a, it's confusing this because Christ has done everything. He's done everything. So why am I putting to death something? Because Christ, I can say, he's already done it. He saved me. He's made me clean. I'm standing before God. No wrath of God can come upon me because of Jesus Christ. So why do I have to put to death anything? And Paul talks about that in Romans. He talks about us. He said, listen, he said, because, because in Romans it says where, 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 where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. And he says, oh, then I can say, well, it's okay to sin. And then just the grace of God comes upon me greater. Oh, he says, don't think like that. He says, God forbid that you think like that. Don't think like that. In fact, because God, Christ has saved you, put your eyes on him and live as he would have you live. And leave, a, leave behind those things. And he goes on to describe what they are. Leave them behind. And so our putting to death is to leave behind those things. I can't put to death in a sense, but I definitely can put to death by saying I'm dead to them. And I am not having part of them. And I'm alive unto Christ. And that's where my heart is. And so I put to death those sinful, earthly things lurking in my flesh. I'm totally free 
from their dominion over me. It's not about the do's or don'ts. It's about the wills and the wants. See, it's of our heart. It's what I will to do and what I want to do. And so Paul covered that. People were eating meats to the, that was, they had sacrificed meats and it had been offered to idols. And some Christians were partaking of that. They were eating it. And it was a big contention. Oh, you can't eat that meat. It's been offered to an idol. It's going to do you harm. It wasn't in Colossians he addressed this, but he addressed it in one of his other letters. He said, listen, it's nothing to do with what you're actually eating. That just passes in your mouth and either puts on fat on you, he didn't say that, or it passes out of your body. He says, it's where your heart's at. It's where your heart is at. So don't worry about whether you're eating this or eating that or not touching this or not touching that or doing this on a certain day or not doing it on a certain day. No, no, no. It's where your heart is. Set your affection on things above. You see, it's a, it's a, it's a matter of your spirit. It's a matter of life and death. Put to death those sinful things. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lusts, evil desires. Don't be greedy. Don't be coveted. Not there, but don't covet. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshipping the things of this world. Put off anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, filthy language. Don't lie to each other, for you have finished with the old man and all he did, and have begun life as a new man. So he goes through a number of things here where he's saying, put off, put to death those sinful earthly things lurking in your body. And then he says, have nothing to do. And so there's, if you look at that, there's things that are external that I can have nothing to do with, and there's things that are internal that I have to have nothing to do with. I remember when I got saved, I was saved of all of a week. I was in America, I was on a I was contracted to do some work and I went up to the University of, it was in Vancouver, might have been the University of Vancouver. It was a hot day. And I got out of the car after I'd been into a meeting, came back, it was about three o'clock, but man, it was hot. And I saw there was a sign up at the beach. So I'm going to the beach, I'll go and lie on the beach for a while. I walked over to that there, I walked down, and it was a cliff, and it was a zigzag down the cliff, got down to the bottom, got down to the bottom, and it was a nudist beach. And you know, straight away I knew I had to get out of there. It was external. It was something that I needed to leave behind. It was, for me, I was 30 years old at that stage, just got saved. It was something that my eyes didn't need to be looking at, and I did not need to let those things in my body rise up with thoughts that I, need, I did not need to have. I turned and I walked back up those cliffs, got in my car, and I drove somewhere else to another beach. It was nowhere near as nice. It was a little <laughs> muddy beach that I went and had a swim in. <laughs> but, praise God. Holy Spirit prompted me. Yeah. I'll leave that behind. 
Leave those things behind and to go forward. And that was something external. There's been many times in my Christian walk where at times I've just said, no, I'm not partaking of that. Some guys at work, we might have gone away on a conference, they're going to go down and hit the town or hit the bars. Sometimes I've gone with them to a certain period of the night and then I say, that's enough, I'm off home. There's a time when it's enough, leave it behind. But those are the external things. It's actually the internal things that matter the most. Because what am I thinking and doing? Because can I stay there? And I have. I've stayed with some of these guys all night. While they've raged on, I haven't. Because I've stayed my course. I've known who I am and I've been true. And I've known who I am and therefore I can be true in it. Not partake of their, what they're doing. But I can still be in their presence. But there's other things that are internal. And you'll have all had them, the thoughts that come up, and you think, where did that thought come from? It's not a nice thought. It's not a godly thought. You know, and they, and they, and they can be, in, depending on who you are, and depending on what's in your flesh, there'll be a whole range of things. Even thoughts against my neighbor. Who is your neighbor? But thoughts about somebody else. Oh, he's a so-and-so person, or... Oh, they're a nasty person, I start thinking in my heart. Is that of God? Yes, no. Oh, so easily we can think that, can't we? So easily we can think of that person over there who's done that wrong. Now, it's one thing to think that the, one of the All Blacks is playing hopelessly and get him out and get somebody else in. <laughs> That's Okay. But you know, we do it so often. We allow those things to rise up from our flesh. And God says, put them behind. Don't think like that. Think about that person as I see him. I love him. Sure, he's got faults. Sure, he acts like that sometimes, or she. But I love him. And so I can look upon him instead of, oh, he's that nasty man or nasty woman. I can say, oh, man. The compassion of God can be great towards him and I'd love to see him turn and come unto Christ in a full manner. What a change of heart. What a change of expression that comes out of my mouth. And God says, put off anger. Um, Have nothing to do with those things and put off anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, filthy language. Sometimes, oh, you feel like saying some, and what's filthy language? Well, to some people, it's only a certain few words. But to Christ, what's filthy language to Christ? It's when what comes out of my mouth is not honoring him. And so I'm frustrated. Somebody's crossed me. Somebody might even be doing something. I'm just trying to think. I was at, I was at work. And I'm in the building trade. And I'd ask the person to do something. And I'd explained it quite well, I thought. I'm pretty <laughs> sure I did. I came back, and it's a mess. And it's a mess that's going to cost us probably three days lost time on the job. And in my heart, easily came those thoughts. just rose up. That do, 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 do person. 
rose up within me. It was there. Thank God, nothing came out of my mouth. And thank God, my Holy Spirit spoke to me. Don't think like that. Don't say those things. So I patiently explained about what we had to do next time, how to fix it and go on. But that's God. You see, anger. Put off anger. Put it off, he says. Don't abide in it. Don't even let it come upon you like that. Malicious behavior. All those things. He says, and those are the things that they are. Even though Christ has made the way. You see, the difference between is Christ, he saved us. But it's what I do that makes him Lord. So I know he reigns and rules over everything, but it's what I do that makes him Lord of my life. It's what you do that makes him Lord. He saved you, but it's what you do that makes him Lord. That's why we have to do something. I said before, it's all been done by Christ, and it has been. But there's something we need to do that we make him Lord. I don't know if it's, who was here when I was preaching about the tabernacle of Moses, and I put it on the board. The first thing that we see when we go through the gates is the altar. And that speaks of Christ, our salvation. The next thing we come to is the labor. And that speaks of Christ, our Lord. And what do we have to do at the altar? Nothing. Christ has done it all. He is the sacrifice. What do we have to do the labor? We have to wash our hands and feet. And that's the same as we have to put off and put on. We wash off the dirt and we put on the clean. And that's making him Lord. Oh, it's easy to be a Christian saved. It's a different thing to be a Christian and say, I'm saved and he's my Lord. And then, depending on how much, you'll find a lack of gossip, a lack of slander, a lack of backbiting, a lack of filthy words coming out of my mouth. Why? Because God has been washing my heart and my new man is risen up in me and my old man has been put away and put down. When the Israelites came out of Egypt, they were saved. They were saved. They came through the Red Sea. The Egyptian army was wiped out behind them. God was giving them manna every day. They had their flocks and their... You know, it's an interesting thing. I never know why they didn't kill some of their flocks and eat them, but they didn't. They took them all through the wilderness and they just got the manna of God. But they went through the wilderness. But you know what? When things went bad, what they wanted to do? They wanted to go back to Egypt. Now, it's a true story. Now, it's the same with us. He saves me. Things are going well. Things start going bad. And I want to go back to my old life. I want to start to swear about that thing. Or I want to go and be angry about that. And God says, no, 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 no. Don't go back to Egypt. Because where you go, that has dominion over you. And so if I go back to Egypt, it'll have dominion over me. The same as if the Israelites had gone back to Egypt, they would have been back under the Egyptian Pharaoh's rule. And so as a saved person, I cannot go back. I can go back, but I should not, and I plead, do not go back. Put off. 
You see, I'm saved. But unless I make him Lord, somebody else is Lord. And I don't want somebody else to be Lord of my life. And I don't want him to, anybody else of sin to be Lord of your life. I want Christ to be Lord of your life. It finishes off there. Put off anger. Uh, for you have finished with the old man and all you have begun, and you've begun life as a new man. So I want to talk. How do you put off? It's all very well standing there. Put off. And you'll say in your heart to me, yeah, but you don't know what it's like when these other people wrong me or I'm in a situation. You don't know my situation. I don't. But I'm going to give you the process by which you put off. And the first thing is we set our heart towards God or towards Jesus. That's how we put off. That's the first thing we must do. If you don't want to, you can't, but if you, you must Put your affections towards Jesus. In Jeremiah 29, 13, it says, it's just been talking about God's plans for us, but it says, and you shall seek me, God's saying, and find me when you search with me with all your heart. When you put all your mind under God, you'll find him. You put half your mind on him, and you won't find him. You'll think you'll find him. You'll find parts of him. But Jeremiah 29.13 says, You'll find me if you search with me with all your heart. It is to set our affections on him. John 16.13 says, John 16.13 says, You see, he doesn't leave us hanging. He gives us the Holy Spirit to help us find him. Because John 16 says, when the Spirit, Holy Spirit has come, he will guide you into all truth. Where is he guiding us? How is he guiding us? A guide guides. It's, it's, it's a life thing. He doesn't tell us where to go. He actually takes our hand and guides us. And where does he guide us? To all truth. Who is all truth? Christ is all truth. So the Holy Spirit takes us and guides us to Christ. He helps us meet Christ. He helps us come into a relationship with Christ. And out of that relationship, I find the strength to put off. See, if I start doing it my way, I'll think, right, I'll make a set of rules. I won't go to nudist speeches. I won't do this. I won't do that. I'll only try to think good things. And when they rise up within me, I'll just... Keep my mouth shut. I'll look good. But the old man will be fomenting and turning within me. He won't be put to death. It's when I sit at the feet of Jesus and in relationship with him. Oh, he says, oh, you've chosen the better part. And then you'll find me not wanting to go to nude beaches. And you'll find me not wanting to be angry. And when anger comes up within me, my conscience will prick me. And I think, get away from here. Because the second thing we do is we repent. Obey your conscience and repent. See, repentance is the weed killer to the old man. The old man comes along and says, do this. And you know you might start doing it for a while. You start to do it. Because sometimes it seems so right. 
And your conscience says, no, that's not how to behave. I was at work once. I had gone and sourced a set of timber and I had shown it to a man. I said, is this what you want? He said, yes. So we got it and we started building these things with it. They were horse stables. And of course the client didn't want it. And so the guy who said, yes, he didn't want it either. And I'm sitting there thinking, we've done it. We've spent a lot of money on it. And so he and I got into an argument over it, quite a heated argument over it. And I went home that night, and God said to me, you shouldn't have argued with him. I said, why not? I showed them the wood. He said, yes, I went and bought the wood. We built it with it. God said, you shouldn't have argued with him. So I lay awake that night. I slept, but I lay awake. Next day, I had to go to work. I had to go and see him. I said, I went to him. He's now dead. Arnie, I said, forgive me for arguing with you over it. Please forgive me. I didn't want to argue with you. I should not have argued with you. I shouldn't have had heated words with you. And that was repentance and asking forgiveness. Why? Because God doesn't, I don't want, but God doesn't want that old man to be rising up within me. He wants me instead to put off. Respond to Christ. The third one is we, we repent. It's the weed killer. See, if, we, if the repentance, all oh, repentance brings a humility to our heart that opens our heart for the Holy Spirit to change us. We cannot change ourselves. You cannot change yourself. You can, the only way you change yourself is eat a lot. You can't grow any taller, you know. You just grow wider. You can't affect your height by your thought. No matter how much you eat, you won't affect your height. Just fix your waistline. But you can't change. You can't change yourself inside. It's God who changes us inside. So we have to give room for him to do that. And we do that by first coming unto him and sitting at his feet, having our affections on him. Secondly, when he speaks to us, hopefully through your conscience, if not through your conscience, he'll speak to you through your wife or your best friend or maybe even from the pastor at the front. When he does that, listen. And obey. So the third thing is we respond in obedience to Christ who is the Word. And I just want to read 1 Corinthians 10, 13. I've forgotten what it says, but I wrote these notes I must have known. Ah, yes. You see, there's no temptation that comes to you such as common to man, that can, that can overcome you. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above which you are able, but with the temptation also make a way of escape. See, there's no temptation that will come to you that God won't make a way of escape, a way that you can decide to put it aside and put it behind you. There's no argument before God. So, oh, I couldn't help it, Lord. That's the way I'm made. You made me, so that's the way I am. You've got to accept me like that, Lord. No, it doesn't cut the ice with God. I was reading a comic strip about Calvin the other day. Calvin, you might not know the comic strip, but Calvin gets into, always gets into fights with his toy tiger. Tigger. Toy, toy tiger. And he's in a fight with him. He's wanting to stay good for Christmas. 
and he's trying not to fight with his tiger, but he ends up having a fight with him. And then he turns around and blames the tiger. You made me do this. I'm good, Santa. You made me do this. And it's quite hilarious, but we can be like that, you know. Lord, that's the way I am. That's the way I am. You made me. God says, no, 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 no. Put off those things and put on new life. So that's how we put off. Going to Christ. Repentance. Oh, repentance is important. I can't stress that enough. It's easy not to repent. I don't need to repent. I'm not going to repent. Why should I repent? He was wrong. And that case I gave you, that guy was wrong about that timber. He was the one wrong. I don't know why he was getting in an argument with me when he told me to get that timber. I got the timber, I built the stables with it, and now he doesn't like it. Repent. Repent, and what happens, our heart opens up. And God can come in. And then we respond to him and find his way of escape out of those things. So we escape from those temptations that would come to us and we can walk in newness of life. So then we have to put on. We have the next scribe. How do we put on? And the first thing again, you cannot move in Christ unless you have an affection towards Christ. I think I've just read these same scriptures, but they apply to us for putting on and putting off. We seek God. The second thing, though, is that we allow our relationship with Christ to change us. We're putting it on. We want to put on, it says those things we're to put on. Did we read them? Put on, therefore, as the elect of God. Can we just go back to um, two, two, two um, slides ago, please? I seem to have skipped them. Yes. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, and patience. He says, put those things on. Putting up patiently with one another. Put up with that person who, why should I have to put up with them? They bug me. And forgiving one another who offends you. They offend me and I have to forgive them. Goodness me, life's not fair. Just as Christ forgave you. Because if we rely on what we think is fair, we should all go and stand in the line for hell. But Christ, out of his goodness, came. His completeness came and he took me to the Father in my filthiness and rags. Took me and said, there's Dan. And he's holy and righteous before you, Lord. Even though he's still a scallywag. Even though he's got many, many things to learn. Even though sin still reigns in his flesh. I'm standing before him, in front of him for you, Father, and he's white and clean. And I'm the propitiation, it says, of his sins. That's what he's done. He says, oh, can't you do that for somebody else? You can't do that, what Christ has done, but you can forgive them and you can patiently endure them. And above all these things, most importantly, put on love which is the bond of perfection. So putting on, how do we put on? We set our hearts, and if we just drop down, we set our hearts towards Jesus. We allow our relationship with Christ to change us. And in Romans 8, Romans uh, 
12, 1 and 2, and it says, Present your bodies a living sacrifice, and let your mind be transformed. You see, my mind has to be transformed. When Christ came, he gave me a new life. When Christ came, he gave me salvation. But he didn't change my mind. My mind gets transformed as I come to know him. And the more I come to know him, the more my mind changes. And so you know when you're talking to people how much they know Christ, what comes out of their mouth and where their mind is. And if their mind is set on worldly things, and if their mind is set on worldly things, and they're saying worldly things, you know, just spirit to spirit, they don't know Christ. They might say they do, they might sit in church with you. But they haven't made him Lord of their life. They saw him at the altar and said, oh, his salvation's for me. But there's something that's got to happen within me. So let your mind be transformed. And you know how your mind does get transformed. He gives us the answer in Ephesians 5.23. Because God said, I'm going to come and make a perfect church. And I'm going to make that church perfect by the washing of the water by the word. Who's the word? Christ. Sure, I can say, read the Bible, and that is the word. And you'll go home, and you'll read the Bible, and you'll read the Bible, and you'll say, oh, I've read it one year, two years, three years, and I don't find I get much out of it. Somebody begets so-and-so and begets so-and-so, and then some king had a fight with another king, and somebody said this. That's what might happen. But you know, if you come and sit at the feet of Jesus... And read his word. What you'll find is the Holy Spirit will come into your heart and guide you to Jesus. And as he guides you to Jesus, all of a sudden it becomes clear. I'm to forgive that person. I'm to be soft in my answer. Oh, that love overcomes a multitude of sin. And as you do that, the world will look upon you and know that you're his disciple. They will know. They'll say, there goes a disciple of Christ. Look at him. And they will say, there is a God because of their love one for another. It stands out. It shines out. And that is happening in this very day today. And will happen. Because as darkness gets darker, the light will shine lighter, brighter. It will shine brighter because darkness. And are we in the dark days today? Yes, we are. We are in darkness, gross darkness. Read the newspaper, watch the television. There's a blindness to the righteousness of God. We celebrate things that should never, ever be celebrated. They're written up in the paper as great things. We pass laws on things that are anathema, I think the word is, but God does what no no part of. And God is looking for that love and that last verse, that last sentence of what we shared there was an above all these things I said most importantly above everything put on love and we spent a whole last year speaking about love which is the bond of perfectness because he wants to bring us to a perfect bride not only for him when he returns but for the sake of the world and they will look and they will see a love one for another I started off by by highlighting this. How to, and I've given you the how to, but it's to enter and enjoy. You see, it's not a hard path. Walking with Christ 
is something to enjoy. Come unto me, all you are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. If you're in a place where you say, no, 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 it is a hard path walking this way with Jesus, there's something you still need to learn. How to come unto him and how to lay down yourself. Because it's an easy path, he promises. Come unto me, all you are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He promises that. He doesn't, he doesn't call us to be a Christian to be a hard walk. He calls us the Christian to be an enjoyable walk, a walk of safety, a walk of peace in my heart, a walk of kindness to others. And when others say things to me, I find myself in a place of stability and a place of peace, even though they've yelled at you. When Jesus went to the cross, he was in utter peace, even though he had a crown of thorns on his head, even though they were spitting and yelling at him, even though they were saying many other things to him, no doubt, because you only have to walk through a bunch of soldiers if they don't like you to think what they would say and do. And yet he was in great peace. And he says, that's my walk. In the midst of this world, you can walk with peace with me. Kindness. It can be so enjoyable. Do not think of it as a hard walk. But first you have to put off. And you have to put on. And as you do that, you'll find your peace grows and grows within you. Amen. We have the musicians up playing, please. And as the musicians play, I believe I've shared what God wanted me to share. Maybe not as well as I wanted to, but I've shared it. I pray that's gone into your hearts. I pray that that which God would have for you would go into your heart and take root. And this week, you think, what can I put off? And what can I put on? And you'll find if you ask yourself that question, there'll be instant after instance after instance. Because even Paul said, I strived towards the high calling of God, but I'm not there. I don't think I've arrived, he said. In fact, I know I haven't arrived. And I can assure you, if Paul didn't arrive, I haven't, and you haven't. We've got so much further to go in Christ. Now, don't take that as a bad thing. That's only because Christ is perfect. And his call to us is, be ye perfect even as I am perfect. And that perfection is not in the doing. It's not in what you do. And it's not in what you taste and what you eat and how you behave. It's in where your heart is at. And do you want to put off? And do you want to put on? Oh, and the joy in heaven is great. When a man or woman, I'll just shoot, has been angry. And then they say, Lord, I repent. Oh, change my heart, Lord. I repent for that. Even though I have to go to that person and ask forgiveness. And then I walk in newness of life in Christ. And I find a peace. And I used that example before once with that man. You know, the next day I could look him in the eye and I could be clean slated with him. Why? Because I'd gone and... I'd repented to God and to him I'd asked his forgiveness so I could be clean before him I didn't have to worry about what he thought about me I'd done my bit I'd done as much as I could do it was up to God to look after the rest hallelujah so as we sing we're going to sing another song lift it up to God but I just believe to, to this morning if any of you are struggling no I don't want to say that struggling because then people think oh the person who goes out the front is struggling if you want to receive something from God this morning in this area of putting off and putting on 
And I'm saying to you, we all need to put off and put on. I encourage you, come forward. We'd love to pray with you.